this is the last week of, of kind of discussions about our visions and things about Valley Church. Um, starting next week, we're going to begin an Advent series as we approach Christmas. Um, I will likely be gone for a few weeks because of our baby. Um, so I've asked Maddie and Lausanne to head up this Advent series for the rest of November and December. Knowing them and their wisdom, their love for God's Word, I think it's going to be wonderful. I know it's easy to get busy around the holidays. You guys are the ones that are here right now, but just um, I want to encourage you to make it a priority to keep gathering with your church in, in this season. Um, the last two weeks, we've also my phone is here and it's on, and if I get a call or a text, I'm out of here, just so you know. Um, from anyone, it doesn't have to be my wife, but if I, you won't know the difference, and so if someone checks, is about to text me. <clears throat> yeah. Um, been talking about what the church is, and the definition we used was that the church is the baptized and spirit-empowered witness to the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus, and we patiently and eagerly await Jesus' return. I think that's a very, like, broad and very scriptural, biblical definition of what we are. And last week we talked about how we bear witness, kind of I think the three main categories is word, sacrament, and works. Word meaning when we use our words to preach the gospel, um, where we communicate the life and the love of Jesus to others, both like very intentionally we talk about Jesus and, and tell them the information that leads them to know Jesus. And also the scripture uses the language of um, speaking um, with grace and with having our conversations be seasoned with salt. So just in our daily conversations, we can witness to Jesus and who he is just by how we talk to people, not only if we preach the gospel, but that we um, demonstrate the love of Jesus with our kindness and graciousness. So that's word. Sacrament for us is baptism and communion, um, the two kind of sacred ordinances for um, Jesus' church that tell the story of salvation. Um, Baptism tells the story of are dying to ourselves and then being raised to new life, which is Jesus's life, actually. So baptism tells that story of, of conversion and communion tells a story of, of uh, Jesus's sacrifice for us. So we eat bread, remembering his broken body, and we drink juice or wine, remembering the blood that he spilled for us to bring us into a new relationship with God. Finally, works, um, specifically good works. These are the things that we do not to earn that salvation or that relationship with God, but out of, those, out of that relationship with God that we, um, things that we do in this world that kind of present the reality of what Jesus can do in us now, it points to that, the reality of Jesus now, and also points to the future of what Jesus will do in this world. It points to the future reality of the world as it um, will be when Jesus returns and completely renews all things. So in my mind, again, that's like really big picture, like a, a theological way of describing what the church is and what we are. Um, this week, I want to shift and talk untheologically about our church, if I could even do that. Um, mostly, I just want to kind of fill you in on some thoughts that I have. Um, some of you might have heard them before if we've got together in the last few months. So this is not a typical sermon, and I'm grateful that it's just you guys um, right now. Um, don't have like points or things for you to remember. I'm just going to talk about our church for a bit. So imagine that we were hanging out and you asked me, how are you doing, Michael? What are you, uh, how are you feeling about Valley Church? What are you thinking about? What are you learning? So imagine that you asked me that question and that's, this is going to be my like 15 minute response. I wouldn't do that to you in a real conversation, like talk for 15 minutes straight. At least I don't think so. Um, yeah, so that's what this is about. Um, 
and I just want to interject. Uh, we talked about what the church is and how we witness to Jesus, but I want to say our church's mission, our, like how we see this playing out is still the same as it has been, that we exist to be a family of missionary disciples, that that's kind of like what describes who we are and what we want to be. So I'm not undoing that. I just wanted to talk about what the church is. And now I'm doing that in a different way. And I'm going to start by stringing together, painting a picture, a series of events over the last years, months, and weeks, things that have happened um, in our life, in my life, um, the timing. And the more I think about all these things kind of put together, if I can imagine them like on a whiteboard in front of me, um, I realize that this is either a long, slow spiritual warfare <laughs> or perhaps it's the Lord working in me and in our church trying to teach me something. Um, likely, maybe it's both of them, actually, um, at the same time, where things happen and the enemy tries to use them to destroy, um, but then the Lord can use them to draw you close and bring you in, teach you and love, love you and build, build our perseverance and faith and trust. So I think that's what's happening in me. Um, so when Valley Church, before it existed, when it was a dream, and then it was like a question mark, like, should we do this? I don't know. And then it became a plan. Um, I imagined that we would start off the church with a staff of three people, um, three, specifically three pastors, co-pastors, so not one lead pastor. That was kind of our dream and our plan that it would be me and Mark Arima and my brother Kenny. I was gonna be the main teacher. Kenny would handle the operations of the church and Mark would be in charge of our communities and families. Once we got our feet under us, I imagine this wouldn't take that long. Once we got up to like 150, 200 people, uh, which I thought would happen like in a few months, uh, I figured we'd have enough money to hire a children's director, hire Greta to be our worship leader, like maybe part-time, maybe full-time ideally. And I'm not gonna lie, if I could snap my fingers and like make that a reality now, I'd be, I'd be very tempted to. Um, but none of that is what God had planned for this church. Um, and I am just as surprised as you. Before we began, before we like had our first service, Kenny, uh, his job as a police chaplain took off and it took off in a way that even he wasn't really expecting and it became, he just found real success and fruit in that um, ministry opportunity that he had. He was able to earn a living. He got a second job as a, they didn't call him a chaplain, but he was basically a chaplain for nurses in the emergency department at the hospital. He was living his best life. He was a little busy, but it was wonderful. Um, but that dream of Kenny kind of being the operations pastor here at our church, it was dead before the church even started. So there goes one of the things that I kind of thought that we'd have as a church. Um, then about six months into our existence, um, the pandemic happened and we couldn't even meet together for a while. So our church, in case you didn't know, it did not grow to 200 people in six months. We stayed exactly right where, where we were and where we are now still. We lost a few families, gained a few others, but we didn't grow or anything like that. Um, so there goes another thing. I thought the Lord just like handed out people to new church plants. Like if you were brave to start one, then he just gives them to you. I don't know why that didn't happen, but we did not grow. So there goes another thing that I thought we'd have, but don't have. Um, our budget reflected this. We didn't lose money, but we certainly weren't getting more. So hiring at that time, back in the day, a children's director was not going to happen. Hiring Greta to be our worship leader, not going to happen anytime soon. So stick it out for a while. And we learned early on that most of Mark's attention and his time needed to be devoted to our kids' ministry. It takes constant effort, lots of time, so much communication, and 
it was a surprise to all of us because we hadn't done it before. Um, Mark particularly, it was surprising how, um, how much it took out of him and how difficult it was. He learned very quickly that he did not like doing that part of his job. He did not want to do that. He was very gracious and patient and stuck it out for much longer than um, he wanted to. Um, he wanted us to be able to give more to it. Anyway, so we're trying to think of some other options for Mark. Meanwhile, um, not that long ago, Greta gets an opportunity to take a job as a worship leader at Salem Alliance. We supported and blessed that. We still do love her, happy for her. But there was another thing that I thought Valley Church would have that now is gone. Um, and then shortly after that, um, after we had figured out kind of how Mark was going to kind of allocate his time, the things that he was gonna focus on, things that Valley needs, needed, um, he gets an opportunity to go um, move back to work at a church in Vancouver where he and his wife have a ton of history and some family circumstances that were taking them back there, a job that he really clearly sensed God was calling him back to. So we loved them, blessed their family, supported them in that, still do, I miss them so much. Um, but there's another thing that I thought Valley would have that uh, we don't. And then it was, that I think, the same week that Mark left, um, like whatever that, his last Sunday was, that next week, um, my kids all got sick, colds, fevers, probably one of them was throwing up in the middle of the night, I don't know. They were out for like a week, and then what happens inevitably, they're sick, then I get sick. So I was sick, I had like a sinus infection, I had a fever for a week, down for the count, not very like focused or able to give a lot of attention to the church, which felt like very defeating, because I was like, Mark's gone, I was like, I gotta do this, let's go. JK, I can't, I'm super sick. Um, I get better. But then one Sunday, my wife, Kristen, slipped off these stairs right behind me and really hurt her ankles. She couldn't walk for days. I was home, kind of taking care of my wife and our kids in our house. Again, not entirely focused on things here at Valley. Um, and then after that, not that long ago, like two weeks ago, my kids get sick again. Um, colds, fevers, puking, getting very little sleep. And when your kids get sick, then you also get sick. So I got sick again. Um, I didn't have very much of a voice last week. Um, so there's another week of just kind of sick on the couch. Um, not very focused, not very able to devote kind of the time and the energy that I, that I want to here. Pepper in there a few times when I was healthy and ready to do some work. And then I'd be like, ready to start writing something, or go to a meeting, or do something, and <clears throat> something would break in my life. Like, like, I had to do a car repair, or like last night, it was my washer and dryer that I had to install, and that was super fun. Um, to cap it all off, our fourth child is due any day now. Um, there's been a couple nights in a row, the last two nights, where I was like, oh, I think this is happening. Like, I see something in my wife, where I'm like, I, I bet this is it. So, um, I think by now I know a little bit what it looks like when she's ready to go into labor, and I think we're close. Um, so the last few nights have been like, should I, should I have someone ready to be here on Sunday? Like, am I gonna be gone this Sunday? Gage is ready to go to give us a report on, on his mission trip to Nepal, but we'll do that later. Um, so to say the least, um, I've just been distracted. I've been distracted the last while and kind of coming to terms with how this has been different than I thought it would be. Um, also, that baby's gonna be born really soon, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna be gone more in a little bit. Um, not here, I'll be home with my wife and my kids, happily distracted, not, not here for, for a minute. Um, but when I think about all those things, um, I kind of like lay them out in my mind. Um, 
Kenny being out before we start. Kenny still goes to our church. He's just um, not involved on the staff level. Um, Kenny, COVID, Greta gone, Mark gone, sicknesses, injuries, incoming baby. Um, I hear this. I've only now just been, been able to put words to it, but this feeling in my gut for a while. Um, now put words to it, and it's a sentence that I think I'm hearing from two people, um, from both the Lord and the enemy at the same time. And the sentence is, you can't do this. Um, the enemy saying, you can't do this, like you need to quit. And sometimes I want to. It's not because this is hard. It's not a hard job, but there's times where I think, <clears throat> I can't make this church become what I imagine some of you want it to become. Which is, there's a few problems with that. One, I don't actually know what you want the church to become or if you even think about it very much. Um, two, if this church is about what I can or can't make it, then we are already in trouble and you should leave. <laughs> um, so the enemy is saying, you can't do this, you need to quit. But I think the Lord is saying, also saying, you can't do this. But not telling me to stop, like I need to quit. I think perhaps... Um, and I've, I feel pretty confident, actually, that the Lord has stripped away from me um, and from Valley the things that made me feel comfortable and secure and made me feel um, like I did not have to depend on him. Um, having my big brother to kind of keep the wheels of the church turning was gonna be very helpful. Having Greta to own and rock our worship times. Um, having Mark to invest in our families and really dedicate to creating communities, like lots of them here at our church. Um, these things uh, made me feel secure. And I think that, I didn't mean to, but lost kind of this dependence, like, Lord, if you're not here, if you're not the one that's doing the things in this church, then I don't wanna, I don't wanna do it. I lost, I think I lost that. Um, so the enemy said, you can't do this, you should quit. And I think God is saying, you can't do this, but I can. And so I've got a few other kind of truths that I've put to paper, and I suppose I'm just kind of telling you some thoughts that I'm having. Not teaching, but just telling you some thoughts. Some things that have solidified in my mind about myself, maybe, and our church. And I just want to bring them before you. And there's not going to be a tell you them, and so then, here we go, but I'm just going to tell you. The first one is what I said, I can't do it. I can do very little, in fact. I'm not a high capacity um, person. I don't try to do a lot of things at once. Um, in God's wisdom and for his glory, he has removed people from positions here at Valley, and it has caused me to lose security um, in myself and forced me that, to either depend on the Lord or burn out, and I'm choosing the former. Um, second thing that I've come back to, and sometimes I've had to preach it to myself, and sometimes I, I feel this and I, and I believe it. Um, I fully believe that God can do anything that he wants in, in and through this church. So there's not faith in myself or anything that I have to bring, but it's faith and trust in our Lord Jesus. He might not want to do what I thought he wanted, I was gonna, that he was gonna do, but I trust him to do what he wants and what he wills. Um, even when it's not what I imagined. The third thing, I um, can and am committing to continuing to op open the scriptures with you guys every week um, and to teach the Bible. Um, I will serve communion, one of these sacred ordinances. It's probably one of the most important things that we can do. Um, 
I'll baptize anyone who meets Jesus here. Um, I can and will and want to be your pastor if you let me, a shepherd, to be there for you in moments and seasons where you need love and encouragement, maybe guidance, maybe, maybe correction too, um, the kind of love that warns you and, and warns you to come back to Jesus. To use a few images from scripture, my goal, um, one of them is to honor Jesus' call to Peter to feed the sheep. Jesus asked Peter if you love, he asked him, do you love me? And he says, yes. And he says, so then feed my sheep. So I'm about that. And also the language of Paul in Ephesians to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Um, in that passage, Paul talks about the reason why partially pastors exist for the church. And it's not to do all the ministry or to create all the ministry opportunities, but to train, equip, and get a, a church, get a group of disciples ready to do what God wants you to do. And so um, my job is not to do your ministry. And there might be a lot of ministry, and by that I mean works that God wants you to do. Most of it that God has for you might have nothing to do with Valley. Um, and in fact, I think it should. Most of what God has for you to do is outside of these walls and outside of anything that I'm gonna like create an event page for and have you sign up for. Um, so my job isn't to do that for you, I can't, but maybe to equip you to do that, um, whatever God has called you to, to help you see it and encourage you towards it. On that note, the fourth thing that I've been thinking about is you might notice we don't have um, ministries to serve in here at Valley. I mean, we have kids and we have worship. Um, partly due to our size and our age, we have those two things. We're a very simple operation. Larger churches have like, so many different ways to connect and to serve and to do ministry. I call it the church ministry vortex, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but just, where churches just have so much going on, very busy calendar, and it spins around, and it kind of sucks people into the life of the church, and it makes you feel like, man, we're a part of a really good thing that's doing a lot of good stuff in the church and in the world. Look at all we're doing, and that can be great. I have worked in and contributed to the spinning of that beautiful vortex most of my adult life. Um, and there's times where I feel bad that we don't have a vortex of ministry to sweep you into. Um, but then I remember the first truth <laughs> is that I, I can't do that. I can't do it. Um, I cannot create like the illusion of success and health by becoming a busy church that has lots going on. I will die. <laughs> I'm not trying to like build my own little kingdom of Valley Church or anything special like that. But that does not mean that our church has um, nothing to do, and that you guys don't have anything to do. So that leads me to the next thing. Um, if there's anything that we do beyond what we're doing now, which is we gather on Sundays, we have people meet in communities. Um, if there's anything that we do beyond that, I desperately want and need it to be because you prayed and listened and sensed God not only leading us to like do something, but also sensed God raising you up to initiate and to execute the ministry that God has called you to. In other words, I can't slash won't just kind of arbitrarily pick ministry for us to do as a church. I wanna know what God wants you to do 
and maybe what God might be calling us to do together. He might call us to do things together. And I can try, ideally with your help, to kind of cultivate, um, in fact, I would say it is my job to cultivate a culture where we pray and listen to the Lord for what those opportunities are, the ways that the Lord wants us to move as a church. Um, The last thing, I think. Um, I need some help operating this church. Even what we're doing just now or the ways that I wanna do what we're doing now, but just better, um, I need some help. Maybe, maybe more help than you have given to a church in the past. Um, and I'm not talking about like, um, I'm not talking about the ministry that I was just talking about, the, the kind where I want you to pray and sense what God is leading you to do. I want that, this is separate. I, I'm like, I'm talking about the nuts and the bolts, like the operation of Valley Church. I need help. Um, with communities and worship and budgets and bills and what to do when new people are here. Um, I just flat out need help. I never thought of myself as prone to not asking for help, Um, but I think I have been when it comes to Valley Church. I don't know why. Um, But here I am, asking for help. And I'm gonna tell you a couple specific ways. They're almost like, for lack of a better phrase, like volunteer positions that I'll just talk about and You can take them for what they are or if they help you think of some other way that you might want to help, um, then you can maybe take some notes on your phone or something. But before I do that, I just wanna um, thank some people who have already been helping quite a bit um, at Valley Church. Um, First, if you are serving in kids ministry, I wanna say thank you so much. Um, Desperately, desperately need you where you are and just, it's so important. You guys remember what it was like when we had kids in here every other week? It was beautiful and also really difficult. And it was really hard for some, a lot of our parents, um, hard for me, um, to be able to engage and to take a breath and to worship when they were in here. Um, and so thank you for enabling us to have our kids um, not out of here, but being ministered to and learning the Bible. Um, and also thank you, Carol, for leading the charge. She's doing amazing. Um, second, Julia Paisno has been up there. Everyone turn around and look at Julia and embarrass her. Ha ha. A um, little bit. <laughs> she has been running sound and or media literally every Sunday since we started, since we were in here. Um, there's probably been like three, maybe, that she hasn't been here. So, oh, Jackson did it too. <laughs> Your shout out's coming later, bud. You're good. Um, she is often the last one out the door with me, um, she, like helps tear down the whole of the church um, to um, get us out the door. Helps me in uh, maybe, more than, maybe more than most. And so, Julia, thank you. Um, Logan Hatton, also up there, what's up? He's doing media now too, um, thank you. Third, Sam, Tristan, Alicia, my worship band. Who needs Greta, right? <laughs> Um, I mean, we'd take her, but we don't need it, it's fine. You guys are a joy to worship with, and it's been fun, and I appreciate you guys very much. Um, You guys are here basically any Sunday that you can be, um, that you're around, you're here leading with me, so thank you. Jackson Rhodes, besides doing media and sound that one time, uh, helped me with setup and 
uh, cleanup from our signs. For some reason, when I'm trying to finish writing a sermon on a Sunday, um, sometimes I finish them, and by sometimes I mean always on Sundays, um, or I have something else to do on a Sunday, I don't know why the signs are such like a stressor. I'm like, oh, I gotta like remember to take 10 minutes maybe to, to do them, but it, for some reason, it, uh, you've relieved an inordinate amount of stress in my life by helping me with those, so thank you. Um, the whole Hatton family doing coffee and tea every single week. Um, thank you guys so much. Um, it also makes sense that all these names that I'm saying, you guys are here, doesn't it? Yeah, cool. Um, he's not here, but Craig Knoll um, replaced like this doorknob lock that we needed for Carol's office. Um, thank you, Craig, if you listen to this. Um, if you have opened your house um, to host a community or if you're leading a community, if you've made food for your community, if you're a leader, thank you. You guys are already doing above and beyond and making Valley a place I love to be. Um, so I wanna say that first, all the thank yous. If I missed them, I'm sorry. Um, but here's what I need some help with. Um, again, they're basically like volunteer positions that like in a mega church might be, have a staff person assigned to them, but we are not that and I need some help. So I'm gonna try to kind of describe them. I just wrote down these like categories of like ways that I need some help and I'll just talk about them. And you might think I could help with that or you might think I could help with part of that. And so if I'm just gonna like off the cuff talk about these and if I say something and you think of something, maybe let's just like write a note down so that you can come tell me your thoughts after. So one thing that would be helpful is um, I think is what is called like a, a service programmer. So someone who is kind of like, in charge of this hour, hour 15 that we're together. Sometimes when I'm teaching and or leading worship, it's too many things to like remember and I'm like, oh my word, it's the first Sunday of the month, we have to do communion too. And then there's also other things that I think we should probably incorporate into our service times. I don't even know what all, they all could be, but probably praying together, which we'll do in a bit. But someone who is thinking about what we do in this specific hour and 15 minutes and who can kind of quarterback that process. That's all I have to say about that. The second thing, a little bit bigger picture, is like a Sunday volunteer coordinator, not including kids. But this would be things like people who are um, greeting others at the door. I'd like to have a role called, I call them hosts, but it's someone who, basically their job, if someone's new, is to not just say, hey, welcome, there's the sanctuary, you can go have a seat, but they would kind of like bring them in, get to know them, sit down with them for a little bit, make them feel welcome. Um, Someone to help coordinate coffee. I think at some point, maybe you guys would like to not be the only ones that do it week in and week out. So if we could have a team um, set up, then Jackson will have to do all the setup every week. Um, so someone, not only do we need like kind of those roles eventually filled, but someone to coordinate um, who is doing them which week. So a volunteer coordinator for our Sundays. Um, someone to help with um, like new person information gathering and kind of follow up. So if there's a new person, we wanna make sure I never remember to get their information down. Um, but getting their information, we add them kind of to our church database so that we can send them an email and tell them that we're happy they're here and um, reach out to them. That'll be one. Um, someone to kind of come alongside and help me with communities. Um, we need more leaders, we need more hosts, um, but someone to work with me on that would be really helpful. Um, I also love someone to kind of, I don't know what to call it, a prayer coordinator to make sure that we're praying together as a church, maybe to lead some of those times before service, after service, someone who's thinking about Valley Church and prayer and can like give me a nudge, like, hey, we gotta do that, member, and I'll be like, oh yeah, cool. 
Um, if you like bookkeeping, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to be good. But if you like bookkeeping, I could use some help with that maybe. Um, I might have this position filled already, but someone to help me coordinate worship. Uh, Alicia maybe mentioned that she might want to help, but we'll see. Um, so worship coordinator, not to put pressure on you, but... Um, and some of these things I have talked to others about, so if I say something that you're like, hey, I said I would help with that. I'm not saying it because I've dismissed you, but I'm just talking about the areas that I want some help. The other is um, kind of someone to help coordinate missions and outreach. So when we pray as a church and when God brings up some kind of common threads of ways that we want to serve, um, I'd like to have some help coordinating what we do when we do it and that sort of thing. So outreach also separately I don't know if this is the right word, but an in-reach coordinator. So when there's needs that come up within our own church, someone that is aware of ways that we can bless our church family. Um, the early church did a lot of outreach, I think, but what is primarily described in the book of Acts is the early church taking care of each other. Like if you read over and over again, you're gonna see they met the needs of those people that were in their, um, in their communities. That's why, that's why they, we read the scriptures about them selling their possessions. Um, is to take care of um, each other. That's cool. Um, and then we want to do some men's events, and uh, so someone to help me with those. Again, I've talked with you, some of you, about those various areas. Um, again, if I mentioned it, it doesn't mean I've forgot that you said you were interested. Um, if you have a question about any of those, or if you have ideas, or if you're like, I don't want to help you with any of those things, but I could help you with this thing that I'm not thinking of. That's fine too. Um, but I like I legit would love for you to, if you want to find me after this, great. If you want to like send an email or call, um, come tell me what you're thinking because we're not a mega church, and you, I, I need you to pitch in in some ways. Um, maybe even almost all of our church <laughs> needs to have an area that they are kind of um, it's kind of their area. So. Um, I mentioned earlier that we need to create space to pray and listen to the Lord for what he has for us to do. Um, and that's how I want to end, with some quiet time for reflection, for prayer, and for listening. Beyond our gathering on Sundays and our worship and our teaching of scriptures and our rhythm of gathering in our homes and eating meals together, taking communion together, there's more that I think the Lord might have for us. Maybe not so much like a vortex, but, but more. And um, I just wanna know what he wants us to do. I don't wanna pick it just myself. I wanna know what he has been. Maybe he already has been stirring things up in your heart, and maybe the Spirit's already been speaking to you. And so if as we pray and listen, if God brings something to your mind, um, write it down, make a note, and talk to me right after service, or if you want to kind of sit with it and pray on it over the week, um, you can call or email um, and talk to me later. So I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to have some moments of quiet to just listen and ask the Lord, Lord, what do you have, what do you have for us? Holy Spirit, would you um, help us um, know truly know that you are with us in this moment, and that you see us and that you care about this church even more than we do. And Lord, as your people, um, 
just a little, a little portion of Valley Church here, we just cry out to you and ask for you to speak to us. Would you help us to be bold and brave to um, acknowledge that you might speak to us? I think of the words of John, um, the words of Jesus in John that um, your sheep know your voice. So I pray that we would know it as we hear it this evening. So would you lead us and guide us into, um, as Ephesians says, the work of ministry that you have for us, the good works that you have for Valley Church to do. Would you speak to us and show us what's next for us? 